Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome into the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the KIB podcast, whether you're doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears of the Southern Professional Hockey League. And it's a good time to be an Ice Bears fan right now. Back-to-back sellouts for the first time in team history on the same weekend. So a Friday-Saturday sellout. Very awesome to hear the arena packed the way that it was. We had fight night on Friday, Star Wars night on Saturday. Knoxville's won six of their last seven games. Starting to climb up the standings again. Working their way into fourth place in the standings after wins over Birmingham and Macon. And... A really good time for Knoxville right now and some big games coming up this weekend with that Friday game scheduled against Roanoke for the Cupid's Unditas. So a lot to unpack for this edition of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast and very excited to get into it with you so far here on this Monday afternoon as we're recording this right now. So things start off on Friday. There was a little bit of anticipation leading up for fight night. Last time Knoxville and Birmingham had gotten together, there was a line brawl (laughs) that uh, fights broke out. I believe uh, two players from each team were ejected. I think there were four fights total throughout the night. Uh, There was that big blow up in the middle of the second period that led the players getting tossed. Knoxville ended up losing the game in overtime. There was a very controversial too many men on the ice call towards the end of regulation that led to Knoxville being shorthanded to start overtime, which led to Birmingham's game-winning power play goal. So uh, just a lot of frustration, I think, from both sides about that game. Birmingham because of the fights, Knoxville because of the fights and the you know a, a call that you know was acknowledged by the league at a later time to be incorrect and in a way led to Birmingham having an opportunity to score, which they took advantage of. So you know, wouldn't have guaranteed that Knoxville would have won the game had things been reversed, but it was also a game that Knoxville led in the third period. I think anytime you lose a game where you're ahead in the final 20 minutes, you feel like you potentially let two points slip away or at least one point slip away in Knoxville's case. And everybody seemed to remember that game. There was a fight right at the puck drop. Colton Fletcher went with Stefan Brucato. Knoxville got off to a pretty good start, managed to stay in front in that game. And... I thought what was also really helpful for Knoxville is just the atmosphere. And, you know, there's something to be said for home ice advantage when you have a crowd that's a sellout. And you see it in certain places, like Roanoke's fans, you know, when they've got a packed house, their fans really do a great job at making that building loud. Pensacola, when they do have great crowds, they do a great job at at getting loud and you can feel the energy in the building. Huntsville does a great job of that. And, you know, there are some buildings here in, in this league where if you have a moderate crowd, yeah, they can get loud, but there's a, a significant difference when you're able to just blow the roof off your own building. And I think home teams feed off of that. And, and sometimes it's a little weird to play on the road if 
a team doesn't have a great crowd at all because there's no energy in the building for either team to feed off of, and so sometimes things can feel a little bit off. Maybe games get a little bit ugly, um, just a sloppy play, missed passes, things like that. But there is definitely a home ice advantage in the Southern Professional Hockey League when teams are playing in front of sellouts in their own barn. You know, It's a great promotion, a great night, and teams playing well, getting a great win. And that was the case on Friday and Saturday. And so I thought Knoxville really fed off the energy in the building. Doug Blaisdell put Colton Fletcher into the boards. And uh, based on talking to Colton, apparently butt ended him with his stick as well. So Tanner Salisbury goes after Blaisdell. They go at it. Salisbury keeps landing uppercuts. The crowd's getting into it. Salisbury was fired up. I, I thought it was awesome. It's one of the best fights I've seen in quite a while. And then... Later on in the game, you see Rex Moe going after Jake Papalardo because he slew foots Colton Fletcher. So Colton Fletcher started one fight and, in a way, helped spark two others because he, you know, got hit with the butt end of a stick and then got slew footed. And Jake Papalardo was dismissed from the game because of that. And Rex Moe goes after Papalardo and and just a very physical game that Knoxville also generated a significant amount of offense from and had good goaltending. Bailey McBurney made some really big saves, um, had a really good night in net as Knoxville won 6-3. I thought Knoxville got timely goals when it needed to. Um, what was very impressive was how opportunistic Knoxville was and so able to jump out to an early lead and then when Birmingham took advantage of a power play, cut the lead to 3-2 to two. They're late in the second period. Knoxville responds by getting a shorthanded goal. So Birmingham's starting to generate all this momentum on the power play. They finally break through and score on a power play off a tripping penalty by Jagger Williamson. And then a few moments after the power play goal, Knoxville commits another penalty. So now the Ice Bears are giving Birmingham another chance to tie the game after having all this momentum from a power play goal just a few moments prior. And Justin McDonald goes down and scores a shorthanded goal. And so... Uh, off a steal and a pass set up by Dino Balsamo. So you see your two leaders going out and having a big night and a game where they needed it. You know, there was a lot of anticipation with this game. I think Knoxville had this one circled for quite a while and was still upset about what transpired the last time that Knoxville and Birmingham met on the ice. And two of your captains, Dino Balsamo and Justin McDonald, hook up for what was a huge momentum-shifting play. And Knoxville ended up pulling away in that game before Birmingham scored again, and they had a 6-3 win. So really pleased, really impressed with what Knoxville was able to do, especially with limited scoring chances. Knoxville scored six times on only 21 shots. Um, and, and, you know, you had Tanner Salisbury getting the empty netter there, so happy to see him get a goal after the great fight that he had earlier in the night. I, I just thought it was an all-around great effort against Birmingham, a Birmingham team that's really solid. They get a lot of shots to the net. They score a lot of goals. They don't give up a lot of goals. Six goals against Birmingham is not something that's very common this season. Uh, they're one of the best defensive teams in the SPHL. And, you know, this past weekend was a little bit tough for them because after Knoxville defeats Birmingham on fight night, Birmingham goes to Huntsville, loses, goes to Macon, and loses in a shootout, blows a third-period lead, and loses in bonus hockey. So, Knoxville able to overtake Birmingham. They both played 36 games. Knoxville with 45 points, Birmingham with 44. And Knoxville tied with Roanoke, who has games in hand over Knoxville, but an opportunity to get one of those head-to-head games back with the Rail Yard Dogs coming to town this Friday. Knoxville three points back of Huntsville, and everybody is looking up at Peoria right now. The Rivermen have won 10 straight. Um, They started the season 3-3. They've had four regulation losses in their last 29 games. So, 
right now, I, I think Peoria has clearly asserted itself as the best team in the SPHL. I think Huntsville, rightfully so, is sitting in second place with the way that they've played lately. It, it seems like just about you know consistently now for the last six weeks, they've been in that always winning seven out of their last 10 range. And Knoxville's handed them a couple of losses here in that recent stretch. So you know, I think Knoxville's proving that it can start to compete. Roanoke just ended a four-game skid after losing a game a couple of weeks ago. And then the last two weekends, they've played four games against Pensacola. And Pensacola, just for whatever reason, seemed to have Roanoke's number. They won the first three meetings in this head-to-head series that they've had. And then Roanoke closed out the week with a Nice 6-2 to victory, so Pensacola had a six-game win streak snapped. And so Roanoke, I think, is... I don't think there's anything to think of that. Roanoke had a four-game skid, and I don't... Like, to me, that doesn't define what the real yard dogs are this season. I think it, obviously, with the way that Peoria is playing, it maybe hurts their chances to catch up to the Rivermen to try to get the number one seed, but Roanoke has still given up the fewest goals in the league this season. I think they're going to be fine moving forward, and it's going to be a tough game for Knoxville on Friday, and that's why the Ice Bears really want to see everybody back at the Coliseum. Only one home game this week. They'll be on the road Saturday, and we want to see everybody pack the Coliseum again. We want to make it three straight sellouts. We want to have the atmosphere that has really helped this team out uh, a lot through the month of January. I mean, Knoxville's had four sellouts, and all four of them have been great atmospheres, and then even the win against Huntsville – the week before, that wasn't a sellout, but it was an announced attendance of about 4,400. The atmosphere was great, and the coaches were really complimentary of the cl- uh, crowd. So sometimes, even if it's not quite a sellout, you still feel that energy in there. Knoxville brought it. We would love to see the fans back for another big night like that for the Cupid's Undie Toss, which, just like our teddy bear toss, you bring in uh, new and sealed undergarments, socks, things of that nature to toss onto the ice when the Ice Bears score their first goal and they'll be donated to CARM, Knoxville Area Rescue Ministries, uh, for those in need uh, right uh, coming up this Valentine's Day. So it's uh, it, it's just a great promotion. We did it last year. Would love to get the word out and see the ice flooded after the Ice Bears score their first goal, uh, but would also love to see the stands full and, and hear the energy that the crowd has done such a good job at bringing throughout the course of the season. It's been one of our best ticket sale years ever, um, on pace for our highest attendance ever, we would just love to see another sellout this weekend with only one game uh, before the Ice Bears go on the road. And so certainly hope that any Ice Bears fans listening, call your friends, call your family, uh, try to get everybody out to the game this week because right now this is a team that's playing really good hockey. They've won six of their last seven and have done a really nice job at bouncing back from that tough Huntsville loss two Fridays ago. Got a win over Huntsville, got a win over Birmingham, got a win over Macon. And I thought was really encouraging as we transitioned to Saturday Knoxville didn't start off strong against Macon. They gave up a goal early, but then got two quick back-to-back goals less than 40 seconds apart. And suddenly the Ice Bears are ahead. Then they make it a 3-1 to game before the first intermission and then rally off three more goals in the second period before Macon stops the bleeding. So three games against Macon earlier in the season that were all close games. Knoxville really had to earn those six points. Those games did not come easy. And... You just go out and handle business against a team. That was encouraging to see. Knoxville just controlled the game from the first period and didn't let up. And by the time you got to you know, late in the second period, you kind of knew that this game was going to be over. Weird sequence there in the third period with uh, you know, the fight right in front of the bench. Cole McKechnie ends up taking a 
uh, a five-minute major that leads to Macon having an extended power play. They score on a five-on-three, but then they don't capitalize on the rest of the major power play. And look, we've seen teams overcome big deficits because they have the chance to repeatedly score on the power play. And I thought Knoxville had a little bit of an issue from a disciplinary standpoint there in the third period. I thought that after that, um, it, it appeared that Jagger Williamson got tripped or slew-footed. Justin McDonald went after the player that caused it to happen, and that's not normally something that we see McDonald do. He's done it a couple of times in the last couple of weeks where somebody takes a cheap shot on one of his teammates, he'll go after them, but McDonald's not really an enforcer, and he had a guy in a in a bear hug you know, after this happened, and so uh, guys started going after each other, and I think it really just became a matter of Knoxville decided, uh, you know what, let's just try to get out of here with a win, ended up taking a bunch of penalties, Macon didn't really capitalize on them. All three of their goals were on the power play, but didn't capitalize on their chances in the third period. They had one power play goal in each period, and Knoxville ended up with a 7-3 to win. I just thought it was a good showing by Knoxville to be able to go out and having to make adjustments to the lineup. Alexi Girard unavailable after getting hurt in the Birmingham game, and then Cam Huff gets moved back from forward to defenseman, and he still goes out and has a three-point night. So it also encouraging to see... Those second and third lines really contributing more and more. Colton Fletcher with a great pass to set up Rasmus Wax and Engback. Wax and Engback now is on a little bit of a a nice run here where he's continuing to find himself on the score sheet a little bit more consistently. And so Brett Outerkirk coming back into the fold has has been a nice boost for that second line. Cam Huff continuing to do what he's doing, and of course McDonald and Balsamo. Those guys just continue to be strong. And I thought. In a split weekend from a goaltending standpoint, I thought Stead and McBurney both had pretty good uh, games. And, and you know, I think both of those guys would say, well, you don't like to see three goals against. But when you've got so much goal support, it's fast-paced games. Stead ended up making 47 saves for his 11th win of the year. McBurney, 31 of 34. You know, that's a, that's a plus 90 save percentage. And some of the saves that he made were huge because Birmingham really got some great scoring chances on him. And... He he did a lot to fight off some good opportunities and and I, I thought it was also really good for McBurney after you know he played in mid January against Peoria. Stead comes back, starts the first four games after his return from the IR, and has a has a tough go of it on Friday. And so McBurney comes in having not played in a couple of weeks, gets a quality win against Huntsville, and then follows it up with a good showing against Birmingham. I think that's got to be really encouraging for Knoxville, knowing that it's got a little bit of goaltender depth. Uh, behind Christian Stead, especially when it can be so tough to find that key number two when you're dealing with a call-up like what Knoxville is right now. Knoxville's not the only team dealing with that. I mean, you know, Roanoke's been missing Brody Clays. Huntsville's been missing Hunter Vorva. It's just a matter of, with Knoxville missing Jimmy Perita, it's been a matter of you got to find that steady number two behind your ace. And Bailey McBurney's had some really solid performances, and I think Knoxville is pretty happy with what they've got working right now, especially with the goal support that they're getting. The offense was there. Knoxville scored 13 goals on 20, on 42 shots over the course of two games. They're just a, a great shooting percentage. And now you'd like to generate more scoring chances, but I think all in all, Knoxville is a team that really takes advantage of its quality chances. And they continue to do that. And whenever it looked like Birmingham was finding momentum, Knoxville got a goal. Whenever it looked like Macon was trying to pry its way back into the game, Knoxville just continued to put the pedal to the floor. So... Very encouraged with what we've seen from Knoxville so far uh, here 
through the beginning of February and then late January, but Knoxville right now, they've won six of their last seven. They've won three straight, and this is a big game with Roanoke coming up this Friday night. So really hope that everybody will make it out to the Coliseum. 735 puck drop. It's going to be the Cupid's Undy Toss, and really hope that everybody will come out and bring the noise just as you have all season long. So appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Again, whether you're doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, this is the place where you can get your Knoxville Ice Bears info and a lot of fun to be had as the Ice Bears still have a handful of home games left coming up the rest of the month. SpongeBob night is coming up. Wiener Dog races are coming up on February 18th. So don't miss out on your opportunity because tickets are going fast for these games. So don't miss out on your opportunity to be in the Coliseum as we continue to put on great hockey, great promotions. It's been a fun season, and I think the way that Knoxville's playing right now, maybe the fun's just beginning. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you again for checking out the KIB podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Again, two games happening this weekend, home against Roanoke on Friday. We'll see you at the Coliseum at 730.